Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ma chère mademoiselle. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, let us pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvre, why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We our guest, be our guest. We're back! Oh my gosh. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine. I'm Emily. Hey, Emily, what, what's up with you today? Oh, nothing. It's Sunday night. It's 11 p.m. I should be in bed by now, but instead I'm recording with my lady love. <laughs> that is true. Um, you giggle as if you know something that our listeners don't. What could that possibly be? Should we let them know or should we just see if they can you tell? think they would figure it out? I think they can figure it out. But, you know, okay. if you want to keep it a secret. Well, well, three jalapeno margaritas and two oh, jalapeno shots in and we are doing this. M-, M is loaded right now. I am doing this and you are doing it with me in a different way. In the way that I just ate an orange and almost fell asleep on the couch, so you you can see our lifestyle. I'd be, like, way in bed by now. And, uh, by the way, everybody, we're the Feminine Critique. What what? Uh, was? Hi. We'll talk about them shortly. It's my fault that we're recording so late and Emily is drunk, so I apologize. It's it's my fault, too. It's both of our faults this time. Okay. Well, yeah. To to give you, to peel back the curtain (laughs) of which you all are, you know, living in in awe of... um, (laughs) I had a busy weekend. I went out to Long Island to visit family, which Long Island, a uh, theme of the day, right? Was being drunk? No, but one of the films <laughs> we were going to talk about today takes place on... Oh, yeah, I know. That's why yeah. um, DZ said in on Facebook, yeah. um, is somebody anybody going to talk about the history behind it? And I said, I think Emily, well, that's... It is, it's my that was like. Yeah, that was my, my way of saying that. It's your home turf. Yeah, we're going to do, by the way, those are people who are like, what are they going to talk about? We're going to eventually talk about um, two. It's our haunted house double feature. We're doing mm-hmm. Orange Offerings and the Amityville Horror. 
Yes. But we'll get there shortly. But, um, yeah, so this week I decided to research it by going out to Long Island (laughs) and um, immersing myself with the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So the other thing to say, as far as, like, what you've been doing this week, because you're going to know when we start talking about the movies we watch this week, I have a very low low amount. Oh, me too. Okay, good. Good, good. (laughs) Um, I have two reasons. One is because of the Oscars. I was planning for the party. And the other thing is that, um, because I don't think I told you this, I decided... um, I'm really prone to peer pressure. I don't know if you are, but I am. So, I mean, it depends on what. It, it does depend on what. Because, like, I didn't smoke when all my friends started smoking because I'm like, yo, that's dumb. I'm going to die of a heart attack if I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my friend's like, hey, want to do a half marathon? I'm like, no. And she's like, no, seriously, want to do one? I'm like, okay. See, that's not so much peer pressure as, like, hey, I'm living in the moment. I don't Why know. not? But, yeah, so I've been, like, quote-unquote training, which means this week, three days this week, I woke up at 5.35 mm-hmm. and left the apartment to go to the gym. Wait, 5.35 in the a.m.? morning, yeah. <laughs> Look like, at you. The sunshine didn't happen yet, and I was outside running to the gym. Oof, good for you, man. So, like, by what I've been watching includes the last ten minutes of Angel that they show on TNT at 5 a.m.? Lucky you. And they just finished season five, so it's like, oh, crap. Now I'm going <gasps> to catch the last ten minutes of season one, <sighs> which isn't as fun. No. Because otherwise season... I would have been crying at the gym, which is awkward when you're running. Not good for your wind. No, I don't think I, I can see that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but so we told you what we're going to be covering. Christine. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about what you've been watching? Sure. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I had a really light week. Part of it is because um, South by Southwest starts on Friday, um, and I've been trying to well, prep for, for the, that. Um, unintelligent like me out there, what is South by Southwest? Um, well, it I believe it started as a music fest in Austin, but they have um, a decent little film section. Okay. And I am accredited press for oh. it. So I you am get this... like a badge you wear in a hat, or is it like a... No, I think I'm just going to wear it around my neck. Oh, you should get a hat, because that would be cooler. <laughs> but, Em, can I tell you? Can I call you Scoop? I'm going to call you Scoop. For the rest of the show, please yeah. call me Scoop. But, hey, Em, can I tell you? Sure, Scoop. What do you um, tell me? The U.S. premiere, I believe it is, of Much Ado About Nothing. <gasps> but scoop, that is a scoop. Dude, dude, you know who's going to be there? <gasps> Don't tell me, Joss Whedon. Um, Joss Whedon, um, Amy Acker, uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, so this is, fast forward to me leaving. There's going to be a lot of bras and panties thrown at the stage, I'll tell you what. I'm leaving this house at like 7 in the morning to make sure. bras and panties, I hope. To make, yes, a bag full of them just to toss them. I'm so excited. But yeah, that's kept me kind of busy. And then I've also been watching a lot of Superhero Squad. Um, So Google that and see what a child I am. Um, (laughs) but I did manage to watch, I think I mentioned that I was in the middle of it, but I finished Brokeback Mountain. I don't know, I had to pause, and then I finished it. Um, I also watched, much like I believe you did, A Tale of Two Sisters. We did, we didn't talk about that. How did you like A Tale of Two Sisters? Um, I, I did, I liked it a lot, actually. Now, had you seen what, because my, I did the reverse way, which is, like, four years ago, I was at, like, Circuit City. Remember when Circuit City was a thing? I do remember that. I was at Circuit City, and she was like, hey, you want to see a movie? And I was like, sure, which always seems creepy. 
He's like, yeah, they're doing a screener for a new movie. It's a horror movie. Here, take a pass. And it was for The Uninvited, a.k.a. the American remake of A Tale of Two Sisters starring Wait, Emily Browning, David No, Crawford, that's what that was? And Elizabeth Banks is a remake of A Tale of Two Sisters. Totally. I didn't know that. Which, it's weird because, I mean, huh. it's not actually, a t- The Uninvited isn't terrible for what it is, a PG-13, like, American remake of a mm-hmm. J-horror movie. Um, and it was fine. And I was, like, kind of surprised with the twist because I didn't quite see it coming. But the thing is, like, then when you watch Chelsea Sisters, like, you you know the twist, but you don't quite know how they get there. Because mm-hmm. it, it does follow kind of a different trajectory. So it was it was interesting for that reason alone. But. I really liked it a lot. I thought yeah. it, was, it was visually gorgeous. It was just yeah, a beautiful is. film. It was very interesting. There were a few points where I was like, I don't understand. But then I, and I, but then I was like, tired. no, but then I was like, no, I kind of understand. I think I need to see it again to like really get it. But I mean, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not special. I, I did get where, where eventually you are went. special scoop. I know. Thank you. Tell you otherwise. Thank you. Um, I then watched the hours, which oh is that. Oh my God. That's so funny. Cause I almost thought about doing that. We'll get to when we talk about our <laughs> you, next show. You almost that's thought about so, it. No, seriously, because I know one of the movies you wanted to do. And oh wait, are we doing that movie next? Yeah, actually? let's do it because I have I have an idea for the next one. But like, oh I totally goodness. thought about recommending that because I didn't know if you'd seen it or not. No, this is I just first time. What, what did you think of it? I fucking loved it. Yeah. Um, may Holy I make shit. a recommendation? Don't read the book. Oh okay. The book is boring as fuck. Okay. Well, um, I thought this is Galloway so if you haven't read it, but don't read the hours. I thought the the, the film was amazing. It's um, so good. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was really good. It, like, has no right not to be boring, but it's not boring. No, it's not boring. It's really well-paced, and it's... Yeah. Um, damn that, Julianne Moore. And more on her. More on her in a moment. But Uh, I, um, I watched Grave Encounters 2. What'd you think of it? I haven't Uh, seen it. You saw the first one, right? I really liked the first one. Loved the first one. It was such a... It was, like, one of those, like, I will eat my hat, because found footage horror can be good. As okay. nine movies that I've seen recently have, to, have taught me. Then I really think you have to, it's streaming. It's on instant. Okay. So you should watch it and tell me what you thought because I thought the first half of it was fucking solid, mm. like really good. And I was really excited and they were doing something different. I was like, this is awesome and they're doing something different. Um, and then the end, I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess I got what they were, I, I understood, but it wasn't, okay. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, all, overall, I'm still impressed that they were able to make again, like kind of a found footage horror thing, interesting. They right, took a different right. angle, so good okay. on them. Well, that in itself makes me like happy enough. Hmm. And then I watched Contagion. Which wait? Oh, wait, you just that on instant? No, I actually oh, got, I actually I, got a disc I in the bag. Watch it, but like I'm like I'm not going to request the disc again. I already watched it. Wait, you saw it? Did I, you like? I really liked it. Did you not like it? <laughs> I did not like it at all. I, see, my thing is, I love plagues. I've always been a plague I like fan. plagues, too, but I thought it was awful. Ever since I was in sixth grade and they aired The Stand on ABC, and I was like, whoa, plagues are awesome. Um, <laughs> plagues are awesome. I don't know. I didn't like this movie. I feel like I'm the only one. Everybody's like, oh, it was great, right? It really freaked you out. It was very effective. And I'm like, not really. Well, like, to me, part of it is, like, I am not a, I, I will never be a germaphobe, even if people are dying. Oh, yeah, me neither. It's like, dude, I ride the subway. I know there is no way for me to not touch something that somebody else has touched. Yep. Like, I am never going to put hand sanitizer on me after I do something in which I do every day. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I really, but again, I like plague, so that probably made up most of it. There was, there was something, especially towards the end, about with the dialogue. The dialogue got weird, and there were strange choices, and the, I just was like, "What is going? What did this movie turn into?" Okay. Also, and this is, and this is something I'll actually bring up with the films for this week. I, I'm a slave to pacing. Like, if you, if your movie starts off with a bang, I get lost. I'm like, where am I in this film? I don't know where my arc is. I don't know, you know, when I've reached certain points. Like, the beats in this in Contagion were so weird. Because it, like, because it starts and it's like, Gwyneth Paltrow, spoiler alert, not really, because Gwyneth Paltrow dies in, like, the preview, yeah. 45 seconds. Why a like, lot of people probably went to see the movie. Dude, oh, I was so excited. She, she really did well with her seizure, though. I'll give her yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe, it, I feel like by saying, oh, when your movie starts off, like, action really quick, I get confused as to the pacing. I feel like an idiot saying that, but it's like my internal clock is just, like, off. Um, but yeah, I was, I think I gave it a six. I mean, that's not terrible, but I was like, what else? And, um, then the last thing I watched in its entirety was Far From Heaven. Is I don't know. Julie, the other Julianne Moore movie that, that is, came out the same year she was playing Unhappy Housewives and everything? That is the other Julianne okay. Moore movie. Which it is an Unhappy Housewives. It is a Todd Haynes film who did um, Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, I would love to cover um, one of the movies that like has been like on my like long list of like things we should cover is is mm-hmm. Safe. Okay, I'm, is, I'm down for with anything. Her and it's, it's just, it's interesting, and I really like to, re- it's, it's like a save now on Netflix. I'm so, officially in love with everything he does always. You in should front watch of Poison, stuff. too, if you haven't already. No, I haven't. I, it was on Instant, but wasn't it Disc? So you have, it's like one of those, you have to be like, put it on your like queue, hoping it gets there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really different. And he's an, he's just a filmmaker that I feel like has a different look on things. Oh, absolutely. So I never saw Far From Heaven. What did you think? It, I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, Julianne Moore is amazing. Because the, when you read the synopsis, you think it's going to be um, Dennis Quaid's movie. Like, he's... Right, like he's closeted gay. Yeah, yeah. You really think that's what it's yeah. going to be. But it's no. It's all her. And it's really interesting. Cool. So, yeah. That's cool. that's me. Very nice. Oh, that's, okay, good. I have about the same amount. Um, let's see. What I think I forgot to talk about, because I know I watched it like a while back, but I don't think I mentioned it. It was a Thai horror film, and it was kind of a horror comedy called, I don't know what the Thai title is, because I'll butcher it if I try to say it, but it was called, like, 13 colon Game of Death, mm-hmm. and I have no idea how I heard of it. It was probably, like, in Fangoria or something. I don't know, but it was kind of cool. The concept was, like, it was sort of reality show horror, which, as I've said, I'm a fan of, and it's basically, like, this guy, like, loses his job, and he gets a call that's, like, if you swat this fly then you're going to, like, and you kill it, then, you know, you're going to be in this game. And then after that, you're going to, there's basically going to be a series of, like, escalating things we're going to ask you to do. But every time you do, you win more money. And if you get to the end, then you'll win, like, a million dollars. But then the next thing is, like, you have to eat poop. But then the next thing is, like, you have to stab somebody and so on. So it escalates, but it's, like, so it's kind of, like, a little bit of a gross-out horror but it's also really funny. And again, like, I will concede, I watched it dubbed because I'm mm-hmm. sometimes um, simple-minded and don't really feel like reading. Oh, um, yeah. And so I don't know, again, like, how much of it was it is a comedy and how much of it was kind of played off humorously because of the dubbing. Mm-hmm. But it was different. And, I mean, I've only seen maybe, like, three Thai horror films. 
I've seen that. I've seen Sick Nurses, which I loved, and this other film called Art of the Devil, which was also like, and it's really different. And it's one of those countries that doesn't put out a lot of film. Um, but the small output I've seen has been like refreshing in a way that's just different from other, especially Asian horror. Mm-hmm. So this film I enjoyed. It's um, it's not instant watch, but it's a disc, mm-hmm. and it was just something like there was a good twist that I did not see coming. Um, it was both funny and gross and horrific, and I don't know if, if you're into something different and kind of like game show horror as I do. Uh, well worth a visit. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen, like, even a Thai film, period, yeah, now I mean, that I'm I thinking mean, about Sick it. Sick Nurses was kind of probably the most famous one. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, the other one I watched was Art of the Devil, which was on Instant Watch forever. And I was like, oh, it's going up instant, so I'll watch it. So it's, I mean, why not check out a country that does so little horror? Mm-hmm. Um, I watch on um, Oscar Day. It was one of those rare occasions where I was like, I wonder if this movie's on Instant Watch. Because I haven't seen this movie in years, and I would love to watch it today. And sure enough, I look it up. I'm like, oh my god, it's on Instant Watch! Naked Gun 33 and a third. Oh, that's a good movie. Because it's an that's Oscar great. movie. Like, the entire last 35 minutes, it's mm-hmm. during the Oscars. So, because we had an Oscar party. So, it was like, I was baking and stuff. And I watched that. And I mean, when I was younger, it was my favorite of the three. Not, actually, no. Naked Gun 1 is always my favorite. But um, I liked it more than two. Just I think because the Oscars appealed so much to me. Which one is two? Two, oh, um... Two is, I mean, it's kind of like Naked Gun 1. There's the guy who has the birthmark shaped like Teddy Roosevelt. Um, babe, what else happens in Naked Gun 2 that is really impressive? Or, like, memorable? Birthmark shaped like Whistler's mother. What else? Is there, like, any Robert other? Goulet. Robert Goulet. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah I okay, do. Okay, we yeah. got it. Tell him, tell him Robert Goulet did it for me. Robert Goulet did it for Christine. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you so much. Um, yeah, so two, I feel like if I were to go back and rewatch them, two would probably hold up much better than I thought it did. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like, 33 and a third, it's like, it's the Oscars, and there's Weird Al. I think this is funny. Watching it this time, like, I still laughed at Shannon Doherty being nominated for an Oscar and so on. But I feel like the jokes are a little more dated than certainly the first one, where mm-hmm. like, there's baseball jokes, and those always make me happy. Well, I love the first one, yeah. Yeah, the first, one's... Yeah, first one will always, like, the last 20 minutes of the first one... Like, every year, I have to watch it, and I'm happy. Um, and then I watched two more movies. One was um, a great movie that was only 63 minutes long, or at least the cut I had. Uh-huh. Depending on, like, your cut of it, the cut I had is called Night of a 1,000 Cats. Okay. I think it's alternatively titled Blood Beast or Blood Feast. Well, I like um, that other title stars a lot better. Hugo Stiglitz, who's a fairly like, well-known dude. He was in Nightmare City is a thing I've seen him in. The concept of this movie, it's so great. It's um, it's just like this guy's a playboy, and he's rich, and he like seduces women and takes them to his island where he has a mansion, and he has sex with them, and then he's like, I want to show you something. And he shows them like his haul of like heads in formaldehyde, and then he kills them and feeds them to his den of cats. Like, kitty cats? No, literally, like, it's a giant pen of, like, a thousand cats. But, like, kitty cats. Yeah, like, and it's, like, him, like, not like lions. throwing meat down, and there's, yeah, it's, like, Mookie and Joplin, like, jumping up for meat. Oh, weird. And that's the movie. And then it's, like, he rides a helicopter for, like, 25 minutes of this Oh, movie. well, that sounds fun. Uh, and then eventually, like, I don't know, of course it ends with the cats eat him, spoiler alert. Uh, it's a terrible oh, movie. Well, now I'm not gonna watch it. It's so Thanks. Great. 
you can tell like literally there's one scene where the like somebody just threw a cat at the camera <laughs> therefore i love this movie it was great um and then the last thing i watched i, can't, I don't think you saw it it was the ethan hawk movie i have to <clears throat> clear my voice to say it sinister no, I have. I know. I still have not I seen. I feel like Sinister. the way I have to say insidious <laughs> with that voice, like <laughs> you do have to say insidious. Yeah, it's, like, an, it's an adjective horror film, which is a new thing. Um, I liked it. It's it's a weird thing because it's the kind of movie that I almost feel like you know it's it's like saying a comedy that didn't make me laugh, but I'm still going to say is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a horror movie that didn't scare me, but I still but it's feel like still a good movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it had a lot of problems. My problems were very technical and, like, very specific. Like, the whole thing of, like, how they live, they move into this house and he never turns on the lights even when scary shit's happening. It's like, dude, just turn on the fucking lights. We're watching the movie. It makes it easier for us. Which was something I loved about Insidious. Insidious, um, and I mean, I have faults with Insidious, as everybody does, but one thing they did really smart was it, it was, like, they took the concept of a haunted house movie and said, all the things that people hate about haunted house movies we're not going to do. We're going to have them move. We're going to have them turn on the lights. We're going to have them, like, immediately call for help. Like, and this movie, it's like they don't turn on the lights and they don't call for help and they don't do this. Um, and my, pro- my biggest problem was so more specific to me, which was, like, it's Ethan Hawke and his wife and kids move into this house and, like, the whole thing, it's, like, he's a crime writer and so he, like, he be- he's kind of a gypsy. Like, they move to different houses and he writes a book and then they move... But at the same time I'm watching this, I'm like, so what does his wife do? Like, his wife, like, has two kids, but the kids are in school. Like, it's not like she's staying home with the kids. And he's home writing, so what is she doing in this movie? Because she's not home when he's home, even though she should be home. And now they move, and, like, meanwhile, like, he doesn't tell her anything. So they move into a haunted house, but he doesn't tell her that, like, people were brutally murdered there. And it was really annoying for me, because I felt like an issue, like, we used to always talk about this on Girls on Film... An issue I always have with movies is the quote-unquote unsupportive wife. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. the, the easy trope of any movie. It's, is like, it's so easy to just pin that. It's so that easy to just have on, like, yeah, yeah uh, the character's a writer and he wants to write a book, but his wife doesn't support him. Yeah. The character's a cop, but his wife just wants him to stay home. And this movie had that, but there was like, okay, but the wife isn't doing fuck. Like, the whole thing, it's like he needs to write a book because they're now in debt. So what the hell is she doing all day long? Like, she's not home, but she can't have a job because they keep moving. And it really pissed me off because I'm like, I don't understand who this woman is who is made to be such a big part of this movie, but is so, like, undefined, but just defined as the woman who has to talk sense into him. She could have at least had a hobby, right? Right. Or it could have been, like, she has to, you know, she works from the other home office or something, like... But it's like, no, she's there to be like, you're, and she's British for some reason. She's like, you're forgetting who, what's really important in your life, which is your family, not your book. But I'm like, but okay, bitch, what are you doing to help your family? And it was like really, like, that in itself was really distracting to me. Mm -hmm. That being said, the movie has some, like, a really creepy setup. It has some other really good things. There's a character from The Wire in the movie, which will always make me happy. Um, And so it's the kind of thing that, like, I feel like could work for some people, and, I mean, we also watched it on, like, a Friday night at, like, 11 o'clock. So we were falling asleep and had to, like, pause and, like, turn the lights on and stuff. Um, it has creepy moments and the concept is good. But it's just also weighed down by, like, just some some stuff that's a little too conventional. 
and and it's too long. It's like an hour fifty minutes, and it's a movie that does drag. And it, mm-hmm. if it was tightened, I think it could have been a genuinely like surprisingly scary film. So I do recommend it because I feel like there are people that will appreciate it. Um, but it was a little disappointing to me. But so. yeah, I had heard really good things about it. So and I, I don't can know. see like because I heard some people who hated it and some people who loved it. And I'm kind of like I can see why people would feel both ways. Um, but there, like, there's some cool choices that were made with it. But overall, like, there were just nagging things about it that really hurt it for me. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like, it, when it and I really would say when it comes on instant watch, it's a total recommend because I think some people are going to be like, "Wow, that was surprisingly like really disturbing." And it, like, I mean, in terms of content, because it was rated R. But there's, like, there's no sex, there's no nudity, like, the language is, like, fuck. Um, and I think it's just because the, like, it's not that violent, but it is disturbing, because it's stuff that involves kids, like, so, I mean, it's kind of, like, not cool, like, now I sound like a sadist, because I'm like, yeah, kids die, so it's all No, no, because, it, I'll yeah. pause you right there, because it's such a thing, it's such a taboo, right. but it's so, it makes it so much more realistic, exactly. because it is something that happens, and just because you don't put it in your movie doesn't mean you're you're erasing it from the world right. so yeah i just like at the beginning of sleepy hollow like tim burton sleepy hollow yeah a little boy dies at the beginning of that movie yeah. and i was like okay well good because why would the headless horseman not kill kids he's a yeah. fucking headless horseman and that, anyways that's that so funny because you bring that up because that was always like i know people say jason friday the 13th part six for a lot of people is the best one and i understand that because i think technically it's it's much better made than most of them However, for me, I saw that one when I was maybe, like, nine. That killed Jason for me as far as being scary. Because in that film, Jason has the, like, blatantly... It's, it, they establish that he does not kill kids. Hmm. It's like he walks in and there's kids around. And he, like, turns around and is like, oh, no, you're young. I'm, I'm gone. And from that point on, where I was that age, I'm like, oh, so in other words, if, like, I was in a dark alley and Jason walked by, he wouldn't kill me. No, he'd be fine with you. Yeah, it killed the character for me, because I'm like, oh, so he's not scary until I'm, like, 16. Uh, And so, yeah, it is that, like, that danger that a film sometimes has to establish that can really change things, so, yeah. Hmm. Now I want to see it. I don't know. I heard it was really, like, scary and upsetting. What do you think? You might... It is upsetting. Like, there's things about it that are really unsettling. But see, different things unsettle me than than unsettle other people, as I found out when I was tweeting about Contagion. People were like, oh, it freaked me out. Wasn't it great? Like, people touch their face every minute. It's like, yeah, I do, and I'm still alive. Yeah, I don't care. I'll touch touch your face. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's always a thing when people are like, oh, my God, you're going to eat that? You're going to touch that? I'm like, dude, I ate Russian street meat, and I I never got sick. Like, I can bring it on. I can handle this. Yeah, and that's how I felt about Contagion. I'm like, dude, if there's a plague, I'm going to get it. I live in Manhattan. I'm not surviving. Yeah, I completely... Yeah, like, yeah I touched I understand a that. bill. Like, money is the dirtiest thing you can ever touch. Mm-hmm. Like, I give the delivery guy money, he gives me change. There, I got the plague. Unless I'm that Damon and I'm, I'm immune. I love when that movie, he's like, don't worry, I'm immune. He says that to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, dude. Whatever, Matt Damon. Oh, okay, oh, did you watch the Oscars? No, um, what did you feel about it? Um, I mean, I had a party, so I had alcohol and stuff, so I was like, ah, it's fun, whatever. The, like, I, I mean, I'm not a Family Guy fan, so, but at the same time, I'm like, but I know Seth MacFarlane's like a singer, so it could be interesting. 
I think he was fine. I think, like, I understand, like, the complaints lodged against him. And I, like, I didn't think of it then, but, like, the whole, like, We Saw Your Boob song, like, I'm like, oh, it's funny, whatever. And then, like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, yeah, but, like, three of the movies where he, like, were about women getting raped. So, like, yeah, it's a little tasteless. Oh, I, I didn't hear any of it. As I don't care for him, and I don't, I wasn't going to watch it anyways. But I read something really interesting about how it just, it just reinforces that Hollywood has no place for you women get away women because if you're here we're gonna objectify you and we're gonna make jokes and I get it it's a joke haha funny but when that's like when that like the more I thought of it I'm like yeah yeah but again I didn't see it myself so I don't know if people are just you know bitching yeah well that's like the whole like Anne Hathaway like like launch that happened which is like people hate Anne Hathaway why do people hate Anne Hathaway and that was interesting in itself I was just excited to that Russell Crowe sang because I'm like yeah I saw I saw gifts of that and the best thing was like because I'm like Jennifer Hudson came on and sang I'm like the best thing they can possibly do is have Russell Crowe sing out and start singing (laughs) right now to follow Uh, (laughs) J-Hud he kind of did and it was hysterical in my opinion I'm glad you liked it should we um, take a break Um, I think that's up to you lady why not Um, which one do you want to talk about first do you want to go chronologically because it's burnt offerings? Wait, I don't know. Wait, which one do you want to talk about first? Sure, we'll do burnt offerings first. All right. Well, wait, or should we do Well, No, we'll do burnt offerings. I don't, whatever. I don't know. I'm not. Hey, come come back and see which one we picked. Cliffhanger. Surprise. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just dealing, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... (laughs) He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Yeah, that's what we decided that we, we should did. do. 
Now, this was an interesting week of picks because basically we really had no idea what to do. So we were like, let's both pick something we haven't seen that's been on our watch list forever. Mm-hmm. And then you picked this movie. So I was like, I've never seen Amityville Horror. I'll pick that. I think it worked out well together. Yeah, and yeah, it totally did for, for reasons that I feel like will be more specific when we get to, to Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So now this movie, um, now you picked it. You had never seen it. No, I had never seen it. Um, what made you want to always see it? The cast. Yeah, it's such a fucking good game. Let's, let's um, Karen Black. Karen Black, Oliver Reed. Betty Dave, Betty fucking Davis. Yep. Burgess Meredith. Burgess fucking Meredith. Yep. Oh. And you see you see that and you're like You're like, hello. What, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, what am I watching? <laughs> Silverado? Let's do this. And and it's been on Instant Watch and I've gone by it a million times and I'm like, oh, I really want to watch that, but I never commit to watching it. See, my so. my thing with this movie was um when I was first moving into my apartment a couple of years ago, and I hadn't even thought about, like, decorating or anything, I was like, I got an apartment, yay. I was, like, walking around, and I ended up in this, like, antique store that was going out of business. And they had movie, po- they had posters, and I'm going through them, and they had a movie poster. And I have- Do you have a Burnt Offerings movie poster? I have. A movie is it the one that's on IMDb? Because I'm staring at yeah. it, and I'm fucking in love yeah. with it. Basically, it is UA's Terror Trio. Okay. And there is, it's a poster for Carrie, where it says, The Supernatural. It's a poster for Burnt Offerings, where it says, The Haunting. And a, per- and a poster for Audrey Rose, where it says, The Unknown. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I was like, the, they were like, yeah, we'll give it to you for like 10 bucks. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> first piece of like art I hung in my apartment. So, I'm like, well, now I have to see Burnt Offerings and Audrey Rose. <laughs> And so the first thing I did was I queued up Burnt Offerings before it was on Instant Watch, back for you kids, before Instant Watch was, like, so popular. Um, And I watched it, and so this was maybe, like, it was, like, right when I started my blogs, I, like, went back and read my review of it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was so young writing this. Um, (laughs) Oh, you you still had your training. It really did. Like, I feel like I wrote differently, and I was more, like respectful and use better grammar. I'm sure you did write differently. I think yeah. Yeah, our styles all change, totally. especially as we write more. But um yeah, so I watched it a couple of years ago and it was one of those movies that like as soon as I watched it, I kind of like it was one of the movies that made me want to rewatch it. So I actually went what I used to do and what I still do sometimes is then as soon as I finish a movie, if it's a disc and there's a commentary track, I'll just put it on with a commentary track when I go to bed. So I kind of get a little bit of like a earful of like what people had to say. And the commentary track is Karen Black and um, Dan Curtis, the director. So, mm-hmm. it, And it was really an interesting listen, but I didn't hear the whole thing because I fell asleep. So when you were like, pick this, I'm like, I've been itching to rewatch it. So do I do the synopsis or do you? Um, usually you would because I picked it. But yeah. I feel like the synopsis for this movie and the synopsis for Amityville are like basically the same. Okay, why don't you do this one <laughs> and I'll do the other one then? Um... This family moves into this house and crazy shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, that I did them both. Of, you're right. If you boil it down to that, which is kind of how you boil it down, it is the same story of both <laughs> But But this one is, I mean, if you get a little bit more, you know, in depth with it, a family, Karen Black, Oliver Reed, and their their son mm-hmm. rent rent this large estate. Oh, and their, his aunt? Yeah, his yeah. aunt, who would be um, Betty Davis. Betty fucking Davis rent this huge estate for the summer and shit goes down shit gets real shit gets real but see 
And again, shit gets real real quick. Like right away, stuff is happening. Because it's only, it's a three month time window. We know that. It's there's yes. July to September, right? So. Mm-hmm. So shit gets real real fast. But, and I think what works so well in this for me personally is shit gets real, but it doesn't get like unrealistically real. <laughs> like, yeah. like. Like, there's some stuff that's open to interpretation, mm-hmm. there's some weird shit, but then it's like, oh, Karen Black's just acting a bit kooky. <laughs> oh, you know, Oliver Reed almost drowns his son. Like, stuff like that. But it's like, dude, it's <laughs> Oliver Reed and it's Karen Black. Of course Karen Black acting, is acting weird, and of course Oliver Reed's gonna try to, like, hurt somebody. I thought that's just how their family unit worked, but, yeah. um, yeah. So, stuff happens in the house. Oh, so they, they rent the house from Burgess Meredith. And, um, the gayest Burge Mer- Burgess Meredith Burgess Meredith has ever been. I lo- oh, God, I love Burgess oh Meredith. God. Uh, well, because, I don't know, like, it's funny, Show Show was talking about this recently, and it was like, I wanted to, like, just, like, be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, because you're, I mean, we're the same age, and I don't know you if you've seen all the same, like, you grew up, if you grew up in the 80s, you saw Burgess Meredith in, like, Clash of the Titans and Rocky. And Twilight Zone and like all these things where like Burgess Meredith was always like this comforting presence and then terrible shit happened to him. Yeah, except fun fact about Rocky, I didn't realize that was Burgess Meredith until maybe about a year and a half ago. See, I don't think I remembered it until like I was watching something else when I was a kid and Burgess Meredith was in it and I was like, I had this connection. I'm like, is he going to die my mom's mm. like, why do you think that? I'm like, I don't know. And then I realized, oh, it's because he, spoiler alert, dies in Rocky Three. Like, Because I, I knew Burgess Meredith, for me, is, like, from the Twilight Zone. So I never recognized him older. So I never put but two and two voice. together. He's got that great voice. I know. Yeah. But I know. Time and the last. Magic Dragon. Oh, he's barely in this movie. He, right. He is. A, I mean, he bookends the movie. Which but, is okay, super upsetting. But yay in the movie. He's pretty fabulous. Like he's, he's just like, oh, y'all gonna stay in my house? And there's something about him that I'm just like, I want to hang out with Burgess Meredith. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even if he's gonna like possess me, that's cool. We're gonna have fun. Hmm. So wait, so is, is he possess them? I don't. Does no, I don't think so. No, I don't. Okay. The thing about this movie is like you never quite know what's going on. Mm. Like the evil in this movie is undefined. Absolutely. I mean, yes. it, it has a very definite conclusion, but mm-hmm. you don't ever know the complete nature of what goes on there. And I'm totally fine with that. I think it's great. I think it's much more effective. Yeah, like, it's totally fine for me to not know. Like, I kind of get it. Yeah, I, I get enough to know. Yeah. Like, the the house needs people in it because mm-hmm. the house, like, and legit regenerates. So which yeah. is why they're so happy when they have a child and they're like, yeah. oh, and he's playful. Like, they're, they're so, all, yeah, there's yeah. creepiness to so it. So, like, the house, like, regenerates and then Betty Davis dies. Right. <laughs> so we know that happens. And then, spoiler alert, Karen Black turns into David Cronenberg. Can we just talk about how scary Karen Black was? Okay. Like, you know, it really was. It was so, because I'm watching this movie, I'm like, you know, and I think I said this on the Facebook page, I'm like, I always thought she had a lazy eye. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't. They're just really weird eyes. They're, they're really close together. They're very close together. Um, but she, no, but she's still smoking hot in this movie. Um, and Oliver Reed's kind of hot in the movie, too. No, co- Oliver Reed's kind of hot in the movie? No, Oliver Reed's crazy hot in the movie. <laughs> right? Because it's like, 
He's also, I mean, he's always sweaty. He's Oliver Reed. But, like, yeah, like, I grew up in Oliver Reed from Tommy. That was my, like, Mm. QA to Oliver Reed, if you will. Oliver Reed. And, like, in in this movie, like, he's, because here's, and, I mean, I don't want to give away anything about Amityville, but what, to me, separates these films is, in this movie, it is a, it's a very small cast. It's an awesome cast. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's mom, dad, and son, and aunt. And granted, I don't know, like, I don't know what the parents do for a living in this movie. I don't really know that much about their relationship or that much about, like, what the son is like. But, like, I know them well enough in this situation where, like, I'm totally there. When shit starts happening, like, I feel for these characters and I, like, I'm there with these characters. Which, to me, is actually very different from when we get to Amityville. (gasps) Right? Like, 12 kids, three kids, two kids. I don't know. They're just kids. And they're, they show up sometimes. No, but the, the, they really established yeah. the family unit very well. Very much. Film. And it's and, you know, the kids 12. You know that. Like, yeah. And, you know, you, you get like a little bit of interaction with like the kid and the dad or, you know, building the pool up. But no, that's... but it's good interaction. And, and that's why when the, when the attempt at drowning happens, you're like, this is not cool. Because you know that this is not their relationship. Yes. They, if anything, they're buds, and they're like, "Oh, mom's weird, and we're buddies." Yeah, and and I really, really like they have really like this like one that. interaction that shows that like dad and son have this you know um, rapport where they you know they joke and they do this and they're pretty close together and it's it's established. So then when you get this really horrific like the first sign really of something amiss in this house, obviously you know it's a haunted house movie. But, like, the first sign is basically Oliver Reed and the kid are swimming. And, like, they're just playing around. And then, for like, and you never know why, Oliver Reed all of a sudden gets really aggressive with the kid. And it's it's terrifying and it's really unsettling, especially because you know that, yeah, this dad and this son get along. Like Yeah, this isn't, like, this something that would happen. They yeah. do. Yeah, it's unsafe for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, like, you have, you know, Karen Black walking around the house and, like, you know, you get that, like, you know, it's a close family. It's like a three-person family. But, like, Karen Black gets very spacey very quickly. And it's kind of what you would assume. I mean, I have a very different family unit from this. Like, I am I'm a, one of four children. In this case, you have, like, parents and a son. So you get that, like, you know, dad and son are probably close in some ways. And so you have, like, mom going around doing girl things and, like, dusting and decorating and cleaning. And you don't think anything of it until, like, you start to realize you're like, no, but something's weird. Like, mm-hmm. she really likes this house. And it's something I didn't... I don't know if I picked up on it the first time as much as I did when I started listening to the commentary and then fell asleep. Um, which is that, like, they talk about how Karen Black's character... I can't... I forget her name in the, in the movie. Marion. Marion. She's yeah. seduced by the things in the house. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you see it immediately. She gravitates towards this vase and towards this music box and... She's wearing the clothing in the house, and she's decorating, and it's mm-hmm. it's just, you know, she's one of those women that, like, watches Home and... If today, she would watch Home and Garden Show. And she just finds, like, like this is what it takes to seduce her and kind of cross her over is just these things. And it's such a different... And that's why I think I, I really loved it the first time I watched it. It's, it's a haunted house movie, but it's a really different nature for a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. It's not about a ghost terrorizing them. It's about something creeping into them that kind of seduces, and really, like, it seduces her. Yes, and, and she is, in the end, she is willing. She yes. is a willing participant. Yep, yep. So. Yeah, she yeah. accepts it. And he doesn't. 
Right. And, and we see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't really want to give away, but mm. because this movie is such a slow, you know... Yeah. And it, it, it's it, slow burn, without it, question. It, yeah, it lacks any any real bells and whistles or any real huge, you know, mm. monument monumental happenings. So when what happens to the Oliver Reed character happens to the character, it is fucking startling. Yeah. It is... It really upset me, like, to a point where it it maybe shouldn't have that much. But when you're... What is this movie? Almost two hours? When you it's spend this hours, yeah. this much time in this movie with these people, and then yep. that happens, it's like, holy fucking shit, because I didn't see... I didn't yeah. see the ending of this film coming at all. And yet, on the flip side, Amityville Horror is about the same running length. They're, about, they're both just under two hours. Well, Amityville feels about nine times longer. Ew. Spoiler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it is so interesting to me, and I, I'm really glad we ended up pairing these up, because it, I mean, the, the good things about this movie, to me, really do show what's lacking in Amityville Horror, mm-hmm. which is just this, like, it's not a tightness, because, I mean, this movie could certainly have been made shorter, but there is something about the kind of, a, like, it's it's very Victorian in its construction. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it's a Victorian mansion, obviously, but it's also like and this like family dynamic and the little creepiness that kind of falls in to when by the time you get to the climax, it's like you're there and you're you're in it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't think you're you know every. It's not going to work for everyone because again, it is a slow burn. You can very <laughs> easily be like, this is not for me after forty five minutes of it. But it, I think it pays off. And there's, and then you also have this, like, sort of side story where you have a really fucking creepy dream sequence that keeps coming up. <gasps> that dream sequence is so creepy. Yeah, where Oliver Reed keeps having nightmares about his, like, parents' funeral where there was a chauffeur who's really bony. And like the creep. Cheekbones. The creepiest Kind chauffeur. of like Peter Cushing if Peter Cushing was scarier looking. Mm. Yeah. And wearing aviators. And the dude just keeps laughing, and it's really unsettling. And it is, it is. It's really unsettling. Yeah. 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 And so it's, you You do have these, like, sort of, like, token, like, scare moments thrown in, but it, it doesn't undermine but, anything. It just kind no. of feeds into it, I think. And they're very, um, they're more cerebral of, of quote-unquote scares, because, at least with the dream, the reoccurring dream sequency thing, like, it's, you don't know if it's just in right. Oliver Reed's head, like, because it could be, because he even says to Marion at one point, yeah. like, my, it's back, he, He's you know? very aware that this is, like, something like, he's dealt with his whole life. Yeah, yeah. And it also does, what I, what I always remember, like, reading about, like, the reason why Poltergeist was so successful, because when Poltergeist came out, it was one of the su- most successful films for a long time, was that because it got to the base fears of adults and children. Mm-hmm. Because for kids, it was like, oh shit, that scary clown under my bed and that scary tree out in the yard that I see every day scares the fuck out of me. For parents, it was, oh my God, the worst thing that could happen to me is for my child to be taken from me. Mm-hmm. And this movie kind of does that because you have, at a certain point, something happens to Oliver Reed's character where, I mean, A, we, we talked about the pool sequence where suddenly, like, He's almost possessed in the pool where he's almost abusing his son. And it's, I mean, for a parent, it's like, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a parent. But, like, imagine if you're a parent and, like, you slap your child or something and you never thought yourself capable of that. And it kind of shakes everything about you. And then later, something else happens where suddenly Oliver Reed is kind of, um, let's say, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like out of the picture, but aware, but like can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And like, but you see it in and in his performance and in his you know his face that like he is helpless, which for a parent has got to be the worst thing in the world. Imagine mm-hmm. you know your child drowning in a pool and you can't. Which oh no, we, this was when I watched something Wicked This Way comes. It was the same idea. It was like you know the child was drowning and the dad could not save him. And it's got to be the worst thing for a parent is to see this happening and not do it, not be able to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it's very like, to me, it gets it gets you on a lot of different levels, which I think is so great. And you have yeah. creepy music. Creepy music. Because yeah. you got like a music box and you got like children's voices, which always mm-hmm. freaks me the fuck out. I know. Creepy and house. Creepy house. Really solid performances. Yeah, I mean, everybody is on their eight. Nobody is yeah. turning it in. Exactly. Nobody's like, oh, I'm in this really bizarre... Yeah, I'm in a horror movie. So yeah, like, ugh. Give, give Oliver Reed fucking sells it. so good. So good. There's, there's the moment after the incident in the pool happens where you can tell... Uh, what's their son's name? Davey. Davey. Um, he's, like, really afraid, like, intentative. And, like, Oliver Reed's like, you know, I'm trying to apologize to him. And Dave, Davey's like... Oh, Dad, and he just gives him a hug, and I just, like... Oh, it's okay. I got such a lump in my throat. Like, that relationship was so well done. Like, all they needed, and it's so funny to me, too, how, like, I always look at movies where I I don't buy the relationships or I don't care about the people, and, like, this movie just has little... Like, the first scene, it's, like, the whole family, and, like, you know, the dad, like, rubs the kid's head or something. Mm -hmm. But then, like, there's another scene. It's, like, when he's trying... The dad's trying to fix a motor, and the kid, like, shows him how to do it. And it's just, the interaction is so natural and not, like, forced or cloying where it's like, yeah, like, I would have had that. Like, I would have, you know, that's me and my dad. Like, that would have happened. That it just, it's enough to establish it, like, yep, parent, child, close, got it, there. Mm -hmm. And that in itself makes me care about this family and believe them as a family and, you know, follow them till the end. Yeah, and it, it, like, it's enough. Like, it's those little things that, like really make a movie and that's why it killed me when I watched like um I went on a rant when I watched I hope you didn't see it The Darkest Hour do you know the movie though no I don't think so unless once you tell me what it's about what disappointed me was it was from the director who did Right at Your Door which was an awesome indie film and then he did The Darkest Hour which was the movie set in Moscow where it's like an alien invasion apocalypse Hmm. okay that kind of sounds familiar but I definitely didn't see it it was about I think it was last winter and the thing was about this movie, I'm like, I, like, okay, your concept was fine. Like, Europe, Moscow, aliens, cool. But I, like, I can't remember a movie that tried so little to make me care about your characters. I'm like, you have four characters in your movie. They're all pretty. They're all young. They're not even friends with each other. They're not even dating each other. Like, they're, the first scene was, like, a kid being rude to a flight attendant. So I already hate him. I'm like, you You cannot ask me to watch 90 minutes of these characters trying to save themselves when I you haven't given me any reason to care about them. And it was just like the kind of epitome of a movie that does not understand how an audience reaction works. Mm. And that's the thing that I like really appreciate about, about Burnt Offerings, especially when we go to Armony of the Horror, is that it... It, it understands that the reason you're going to, like, be invested in this movie is that you're going to care about this family. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it creates a family dynamic, and you're there. And even, like, the Oliver Reed-Karen Black relationship, like, it's, you know, we, we don't really, you know, we don't know how they met or what their real, like, you know, what the balance is of power or whatnot. 
But it's like, you know, we see when they move in, it's very clear that like she really wants to rent this place and he's kind of reluctant, but he's like, well, you know, you're not going to you're not going to be happy if we don't. Like it's mm-hmm. their their conversations are very believable. They're very naturalistic. And like then like there's a scene where like, you know, they almost have sex and it does, it's like this whole like, well, you know, 13 years, like I want to keep something in our relationship. And it just, it's like the movie cares enough about them to be like, yeah, here's a married couple and, you know, they're at a certain stage and it's just like, I appreciate so much of what this movie does because so many other movies go the easy way around it, which is like young, hot people and they're married. Oh my God. It's like, I don't care. They got married yesterday. (laughs) There's no conflict yet. And I just think this movie like does all of those things differently and right. And it even you know there's there's flaws to this movie you can argue with the pacing and other yeah absolutely it, but it, at the heart of it like i care and that makes such a difference to me mm-hmm. especially when it is so deliberately paced mm-hmm. and centered on like three or four characters yep. and you can't you can't be expected to hang out for two hours with people that have no depth and that yeah. you don't actually give a shit about so yeah, absolutely and now have you seen any of dan curtis's other stuff Oh, I'd have to click on his his little tiny name and see. He did um, trilogy of terror. Oh, Karen, which I have. Karen Allen, Karen I have, Allen, and Karen. I have, of course, I have seen. Oh god. Um, the doll segment's great. Wait, the new Dark Shadows or is wait, what? No, I think he did the original Dark Shadows. Well, no, his the new Dark Shadows came up. What did he do but on that? Was he just creative. credited on it? He's probably credited as creative. Yeah. He did. Um, one of the things he's really well known for is uh. The segment for Dead of... Now, this is tricky because there's, like, nine movies called Dead of Night. And there was one that was, like, quote-unquote an anthology. I think it was actually TV shows that were all compiled into one. But he did one that was, like, a monkey's paw segment that's really creepy. Hmm. I'm, I'm going through and, and nothing's really... I mean, other than Trilogy of Terror, nothing's really screaming at me. Yeah. And, I mean, he, like, he obviously, like, had a relationship with Karen Allen as a director. And it, it pays off, I think. And... Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, so you find her sexy. Karen Black? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't watch, fam- watch Family Plot, man. She's, plot. she's, I, people hate that movie, and the first time I watched it, I absolutely loathed it, but now I really like it. It's one of my most rewatched Hitchcocks. Okay. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. Bruce Dern is in it, too. That doesn't hurt, but. <laughs> it never hurts anything. That's true. Um, so let me. I have I have one or two more things to say, and I'm curious if because I know you've seen th- these movies that I'm going to reference. Okay. Did the opening of this film remind you of any movie? It reminded like, me of a lot of movies. I can't think. Of, like, but like, like the 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 very opening when they're driving up to the house reminded me so much of Funny Games. No. Oh, Funny Games. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it was just the interaction of them in the car. That makes so much sense, because and, and it's the same setup, too. It's, you know, two parents and one child, and they're... There was just something about... I would, you know, The Shining, I wouldn't say, because from the from the jump in The Shining, there's there's an issue with the Jack Torrance character. Like, I I wrote a really long blog post about this a long time ago, about how, from the beginning, he he and Danny, at least in the film, not in the book, but in the in the film, he and Danny didn't have a good relationship. He was well, terrible. That, I mean, that's, to me, The Shining is kind of those one of those fascinating examples of, like... That movie can be... I'm sorry. No, that book can be readapted. That movie mm-hmm. is not the definitive adaptation of that book oh, at all. not at all. It's, I think it's a great movie, but it's, it is not, not a, it's not a faithful adaptation, which is okay. The because when you make a faithful adaptation, you have that awful made-for-TV well, movie. Uh, uh, 
when you're Mick Garris and you make a faithful adaptation, you're just like, Stephen King, what, what, do you want me to do this? Okay, I'll do this. And it's shit. And it's terrible. And but yes, because it, the relationship between Jack and Danny in the book is loving and beautiful and right. wonderful, and but it's not that in the film. With this, like, tension that yeah. in the movie, it's just like, wait, you're related to these people, Jack Torrance? Yeah, yeah, but it works in that film. It works, yeah. It's, just, it's a different film than the book, which is, you know, what people... What what King fans can't stand, and what shy, the Kubrick film fans can't understand the issue with. And it's like there's two, there's, there's two, two different entities. entities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, just it, it can be remade. Just let it happen again in the future with somebody who can handle it, and it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. I will not complain if somebody's like they're remaking The Shining. I'm like, no, they're not. Good. They're I hope the it's Shining. good. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Aronofsky, he'd be a good. Uh, Ooh, that be good. Mm. Oh my God. That would be really good. <laughs> so the so funny games. I could so that. that's that's what the beginning reminded me of, and I was like, it must be because just they're driving. Way, through. how weird is it that now like Michael Haneke is like sort of like not like a list? No, but yeah, but that people are like talking about him. You're like, yeah. Well, have you seen the Piano Teacher? Have you seen yeah. Haneke? I know, I know. It's really it's weird, weird to me because I try like to explain term. my relationship with Haneke, which is very complicated, and like we need to do a Haneke film just because like. Just okay. to talk about because it, it whose films like make me feel so many things and I never quite know what they leave me with but it's just so funny to be seeing him at like the Oscars I'm like but like have you seen his films it's fucking awesome I love it it, it is awesome but it's, it's so interesting to me mm. um, but yeah so funny games and what else were you saying okay and the other film that this reminded me of a lot is um uh, House of the Devil Oh yeah. Um, we go. Somebody yeah. is in a house. That, there's a woman upstairs. We didn't even talk about the never fact see that, a woman upstairs. But like in, I, I mean, it's been a while since I saw House of the Devil. But there's when they, it's like, oh, well, you don't, you're not really babysitting. There's somebody upstairs. There definitely like yeah. a lot of that wow. vibe. I, I really need. And to it's funny this. too because I remember when House of the Devil came out and everybody was like, oh, it's so referencing '70s horror films. And I was like, and I saw it and I loved it, but I'm like. I don't know what films it's referencing. And I'm like, oh, maybe we're offering something. Yeah. I'm like, that makes sense. I, I have to, again, I have to look at it again because it has been a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But I really got, like, especially when totally Karen Black's like going up, like, the first time going upstairs to, like, right, where the, right. this woman is supposed to be. And it really reminded me of um, the main character in House of the Devil, like, walking around the house, like, it, which is part of my, yeah, yeah so, I don't know. Yeah, that's hmm. interesting. So, yeah, that's what I got. That's the vibes I got, and I like them. Yeah. I like those vibes. Yeah, it's, and it's funny. Like, I, I wonder why this film isn't that discussed and that talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, because, like, as you're saying that, I'm like, I wonder how influential it is. Like, I wonder if I watched other films, if I would see, like, certain things that would be like, oh, I wonder if that's Burns Offerings. And I don't know. I mean, it was probably, like, fairly successful when it came out, I think, but not overly so. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how the Amityville Horror is such a hallmark of haunted house films. And everybody knows the Amityville Horror. And, like, you know, but nobody talks about burnt offerings. And I don't know if it is the pacing or if it is the fact that it's, you know, I mean, it is a horror film, but it's not, like, it is not what you would expect if you went in watching a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. But it, it like it is interesting to me why this film is not talked about more because I think it's it's weirdly fascinating. I agree, and I think it's probably very influential for people who have seen it. Like if you that. saw it, you were probably because it is 
it's haunting. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. <laughs> Pardon the, yeah. Um, but I, like, because it is, I, I don't, wouldn't call it anticlimactic because the climax is pretty it's climactic. A climax, yeah. Especially but, um, for such a buildup, yeah. It's, it, it, it does lack any of those, like, as I said, bells and whistles of, like, a haunted house movie. There's no door slamming. There's no black cats there's jumping no into windows. Like, you don't really have any idea what, why this is happening. Mm-hmm. So I think there might be some things there that, people aren't like yeah, that that's a good point. that, that don't sell it as like a is yeah i could see that yeah all right so why don't we rate this one all right you want to go first okay um first is what quality of film sure whatever whatever we decide i don't know um it's very strong that's uh, 7.75 okay quality of film for you um yeah i think i gave it no, you know what? I think I gave it a seven when I rated it. I actually yeah. rated it, but um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. Yeah, to me, it's. I mean, it's <laughs> it's higher for such a genre film, but it does have it has issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's yeah, it just it does so many so many things right that I really appreciate as a like you know as I was talking about like with Sinister where. It does some things right, but there's these nagging issues regarding the characters that bother me as a viewer that I can't ignore, whereas this film gets past a lot of those things, and that's, that's why I give it a high score. Enjoyment of the film for me, oh, I don't know. I would, I would probably say the same. I'd probably say 7.75, because mm-hmm. it's creepy and haunting, but it's also really slow, and that does kind of, kind of drag it down for you. But I think there's performances. I mean, my biggest issue, which I didn't really mention is that if you put Betty Davis in your fucking film, you should really use Betty Davis. I know, but she... I need to feel like they waste her. Well, maybe she only was, like, around for a certain amount of time. Honestly, or... if they did that, I almost wish she was the Eileen Heckert role. Because, I, like, I feel yeah. at that point, she should have just been that woman in the beginning. And then like, having her also, also, like, show up, but not really utilize her as Betty Davis fan. Even though she wasn't in it as much, when she was, she really... She wasn't just like phoning it in either. She was no. really good. Yeah, she's Betty fucking Davis. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, yeah, that in itself raises this film's points up for me. Uh, so, what's your enjoyment of the film? I'd say 7.5. Okay, cool. I liked it a lot. All right, so we will take a break and we'll come back with a little uh, bit of Long Island, if you will. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> When you look into my eyes And you see the crazy gypsy in my soul It always comes as a surprise When I feel my withered roots begin to grow Well, I never had a place that I could call my very own But that's all right, my love, cause you're my home We're back to talk about uh, my neck of the woods, the uh, Amityville Horror, which I picked Mm because I had never seen it. Had you seen any of the um, sequels? Yes, I had seen the Amityville 2, colon, Mm -hmm. Possession, Mm -hmm. which is quite an intro. Have you ever seen the second one? Yeah, I've seen seen the second. I like the third one. Oh, what's the third one? The third one has Lori Laughlin in it. Interesting. Laura Laughlin, also a Long Islander. 
Hmm. Yeah, my dad used to like fix her copier or something. Like, it, like she was one of those like Long Island celebrities who like everybody had a story about, and supposedly she was very nice. Oh, well, that's um, nice. Yeah, the the sequel part two is fascinating because part two is a prequel, and it's very incesty. Hmm. Do I remember that part two? I mean, you can't forget it. Like you, if you ha- if you don't remember that, you should rewatch it. I, I should rewatch it because yeah. it's been. I actually watched them out of order as well. Yeah, so and I had. It's been years since I've seen the other ones. I just recently rewatched this one, but right, right, right. Part two is is weird because part two is essentially. I mean, the Amityville Horror is based on this house where a terrible crime was happened, and then people moved after. And part two is the crime that happened, which was a. Teenage, I, mean, I think in real life, I think he was like in his early 20s and he basically killed his whole family one night. Um, and nobody's ever quite figured out why he did it or all those other reasons. But mm-hmm. part two proposes it was because he was possessed and in love with his sister. Uh, that does seem so kind of familiar. like a sex scene and it's weird. And awesome. And Burt Young, really sweaty and all that stuff. Uh, and then, like, the last... And part two is weird, because the first hour is really effective, and then the last, like, 20 minutes, it's possession, and it's clearly them making money on The Exorcist. Mm. Um, but we're not talking about part two now today, are we? No, unfortunately, we're not. So I mean... We are not. I will give the same description for Christine Gabe, which is a family moves into a house and weird shit happens. Is that what you said? Yeah, like, something like that, because that seems apt, so yeah. I say go for it. Now, in this case, they move into a house that a year earlier as we said, vicious murders were committed. So mm-hmm. they get it out of steel, of course, which if you ever buy a house and it's really much cheaper in the market value, if you really? haven't seen the Ex- money pit, it's either a money pit or it's possessed. Exactly, because the same thing happened in burnt offerings. They're like $900 for the whole oh, summer. So like, don't, All if anything's cheap, is your soul. just don't do it, guys. It's not worth it. Like when we saw this like our, with our apartment, we were worried. And, like, the first couple nights, because it was, when we moved in, it was during the hurricane, so I moved in, and, and Brandon couldn't get here yet, and there was a, there was a ghost sock, which I still have, where, like, I went to the bathroom, walked out of the bathroom, and there was, like, a sock on the ground where there wasn't a sock before, and the thing is, it's not my sock, and it's not Brandon's sock, and our cats don't wear socks. Oh, they don't? Well, maybe yeah. I should buy them some. So, there is a ghost sock in my apartment. It stays here. We take good care of it because I don't want it coming after me in the middle of the night. Um, but yeah, I mean, hauntings are kind of creepy. Uh, Amityville Horror Haunting? Was that creepy? Well, we'll talk about that. So you had seen it before. How yeah. old were you when you first saw it? Well, like 27. No. Okay. no, yeah. Right old age of 27. No, I saw it semi-recently. Yeah. I had <laughs> never seen it. And here's the thing, like, people, I'm from Long Island. Mm, seems strange. Yeah, I know. And, like, everybody on Long Island knows. Now, um, my brother's fourth grade teacher is from, like, lived in Amityville. And his nickname for her, which he used to tell the other kids, was the Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I know many people who've, like, driven by the house and stuff. I have never done it. And it's kind of embarrassing because mm. Strong Island represent. Um, so, I mean, I knew of it. I was actually grilling my mom on the way uh, home today. I was asking her, I'm like, Mom, so what do you know about the Amityville Horror? And she said she went to high school or middle school with a George Lutz, and she thought it was him at first, but I don't think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was disappointing. But that, like, it was in the, like, she remembers more of, like, the original murders being in the paper, and, like, she remembers stuff about it, but it was not, you know, she wasn't very helpful. Um, love her, though. She's awesome. 
But <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you still love her even after that. Just to clear that. Just, just so that we're, you know, uh, you know, it's this public and stuff. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, and we were talking about on the Facebook page of like, what's the story? And the story has gone back and forth. Basically, the, like, the true story was like, Kathy and George Lutz and their family moved into this house and weird shit happened and they moved and they sold their story to an author and he wrote a book about it. And I think eventually they kind of were like, yeah, that was all bullshit. Um, so it probably was. I mean, I don't know. Are, are you a believer of hauntings or no? I don't know. No? Yes? I don't know. Yeah, can, I'm the same way. I'm who like, can tell? Yeah. Like whenever I hear these stories, I'm like, yeah, bullshit. And then I'm like, ghost sock. Fuck yeah, there's ghosts. But yeah, so I mean, no, I mean, probably nothing happened. But hey, it makes for a good, for, well, a potentially good movie. Yeah, that was the thinking that it would be a good movie. And there's elements that would have made it good, I think. So you have this couple, and it's Uh Margot Kidder in pigtails, which is kind of weird. And at one point, dressed like a Catholic schoolgirl. Okay, and then at one point, doing, like, plies in front of the mirror (laughs) with, like, wearing, like, like, I don't know what that was, like, like a tiny little, like a little vest with nothing on underneath. And it was like, yeah, it was like a, it was like a, a, a vest designed to show middle boob. And like, you do kind of see, cause like Brian was like, you see Margot Kidder's boob yaps? And I'm like, kind of, but not really. He's like, I remember seeing them. I'm like, yeah, well, that's cause you're a Superman fan. Um, and like, you kind of see side boob. Um, it's yeah. And she just, I mean, and that's okay. My, I'll just come out with it eventually. My biggest issue, especially watching this a few days after Burned Offerings, I don't know who these people are. I know that they got married fairly recently, and she's got a X amount of kids, and he's trying Three. to be a good stepdad. But at Three one kids. point, it was like they said four, and I, it was like very Blade Runner-esque, where it's like, there's five replicants, and four of them are dead, and we'll not talk about the fifth. And so... <laughs> Um, no, I thought it was pretty, I don't know, maybe I missed something. But I thought at one point they said daughters. I don't know. It was confusing to me. But, but there, there, were, okay. there were three. But did you give a fuck about those kids? No. I didn't give and a that, fuck about these kids. The two little boys were kind of cute. Well, the thing is, like, the kids were cute. And in Burnt Offerings, the kid's older. Like, he's not that cute a kid. He's kind of like... No, but he's charming. But he's fine, because, like, I, okay, he's 12. Like, he's kind of clever. In this movie, like, they're just kids, and occasionally we remember that they exist so that we can have a scary moment with them. Hmm. The two little boys were cute. I found the little girl annoying. Yeah. The one that was hanging out with, like, the ghost. Um, and that could have been so good. Yeah, it was You know, like, I'm sorry, imaginary friend shit can be creepy. Absolutely. Like, so the idea that this daughter's like, but Jody doesn't like you, Daddy, is like, ooh, unsettling. Who's Jody? What's Jody gonna be? Oh, Jody's gonna be two glowing eyes at a key moment of the film, emphasized with loud piano music. Yeah. I don't know. That was very ineffective. Yeah. She, like Jody went out the window. Pretty and fucking creepy. Like, ooh, okay. Jody went out the window. What the fuck are you talking about? And then it's like. Those glowy eyes that you get at the Halloween store and yep. you put in a bush. Mm-hmm. Not I don't know. So creepy. Great, great. This is 1979, but I mean, come on. But like, I mean, like you look at the haunting, which was like 1960, and you didn't see any shit, and it was very, very it was creepy. Right? Yeah, we get a cat jump scare. Ugh, the worst. The worst cat jump scare because there's no cat in the fucking movie. There's a dog. No, nobody has and a like, cat. And that in itself is always good because to me, like. That's one of those things in haunted house movies that I love is like when the dog is freaked out. 
Because, like, that to me... Yeah, and this dog... Okay, does it, okay. This, this does dog anything ever happen to this dog? No, well, here's the thing. Oh, oh that with the clawing, no, I forgot. the very end, and yeah, the dog, like, figures out where there's some shit going on. And then, like, not a spoiler alert, but, like, the last beat of the movie, it's like they're about to go, and then they're like, I forgot the dog. Dude, that was that was so poltergeist. I know. That, the, that well, them actually, leaving, the poltergeist was so accurate. I know. Like, that, but fair. The, them leaving, though, like, nothing about this movie, I didn't get any poltergeist vibes through the whole movie until when they're leaving the house, and that was very much, to I me, mean, like, look, when they're... It is a good movie to compare it to, because, I mean, it's, you know, it's an identical story. It's suburban family moves into house that turns out to be haunted, and yet, again, you think of poltergeist, you're like, okay, well, poltergeist works so well, and... You know, I'm sure Poltergeist has its detractors, but I know very few people who won't admit that something about Poltergeist creeps them out. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the, the, you know, the clown doll or, you know, the kids or what. But, like, you try to figure out, okay, like, so why does Poltergeist work so well? And, I mean, it to me, it really does come down to, like, it's this family dynamic where, like... I know these kids before one of them is sucked into another world. Yeah. And then all this creepy shit happens. So, like, you understand why they don't leave, but you want them to leave, but you understand why they can't. And this movie, like, you know, you understand why they don't leave because they just plopped down 80000 bucks on a house that they didn't have. No, I still didn't understand why they didn't leave. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'd be one of those people, like, it would be hard. Like, if I... Emily, down, they, they, they broke open... A room under the stairs that was like a devil room, yeah, and then like the, one of their friends started like channeling a devil voice, and they stayed. Well, they what the up. fuck was that? Oh no! If, if I, I didn't, well, because the dad stopped going to work. Don't forget, you know. But why didn't they leave? That is, I don't know. Because it was like, all right. So what is Margot kid like? And the thing is, like, there's an interesting stepfather dynamic, because he's a stepfather, and, like, it's established very early. He, like, he's like, I, you know, I, I really wish they'd start calling me dad. So you're like, okay, that's interesting. I don't know if she's divorced or if her husband died. It's never yeah. said in the movie. I don't know, like, and, like, the whole thing is, the fascination of this movie is George turning, getting possessed. It's about George starting out as this really, like, nice guy and family do-gooder, and spiraling into this crazy dude who is capable of killing his family. And the problem is, it's such a quick, like, he moves in, and then the next day he's got a beard, and he's chopping wood, and he's creepy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I didn't have any reason to be like, whoa, he's getting out of hand. Because it was like, oh yeah, he's crazy now. And, like, so we talk about pacing. Like, it's the same amount of, it's the same length as Burnt Offerings. But it's done, the pacing is so poor, it could be done really effectively where you have this guy who's really trying to connect to these kids and stuff is going sour, but instead it's like, he's trying to connect to the kids, and no, he's crazy. Yeah, it's like day two, and yeah. you're like, oh. And like, and like the timing is so weird, because at one point it's like, we've seen, the movie does this like placard thing where it's like day five. So at one point somebody's like, so how long have you been living here? He's like, a couple of weeks. You're like, wait, no, it's day six. Like, you mm-hmm. haven't been here a couple of weeks. And, like, you're like, oh, what is that? It's supposed to be effective? It's like, no, I think it's just a mistake in editing. Um, you get, like, the whole Catholic thing. Which I forgot was so prevalent. Like, it's yeah. a big por- portion of this is is the, the religion. And let it be said that my favorite part of the is film. The sex scene? What? No, it's shot really weird, too. Is 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 the whole Father, Father Delaney thing. Um 
there's the, the uh, scene. To me, the only really effective thing in the movie. Like, I think when the, there's that scene where all the priests are together. Yep. And that, I thought that was the best scene. It was the most interesting scene. It was the, the most well-acted mm-hmm. scene. And well, I was I like, mean, more Rod of this, Delaney please. Rod Steiger, so you have oh, yeah. a really good actor in this part. And he's he's so good. And he just, just really good. And I was like, more of this, it's please. It's like Charlton Heston in Wayne's World 2 part. <laughs> Like, that I always fall back on whenever I watch a movie where there's, like, suddenly one actor comes in and he's, like, a bit, like, giving a great performance in a show. Uh-huh. And it's, like, Wayne's World where they're, like, you know, I know it's a bit park. Can we get a better actor in here? And, Char- you know, they wheel in Charlton Heston. And, like, that's kind of what it's like in this movie. Because, yeah, the pre-scenes are good and they're yeah. interesting. And it's, you know, and, I mean, it's very exorcisty and all those other things. But it's, you know, it's also, you're like, okay, all right, there's a story here. And it's it's not balanced well. It's... It's it's a kind of movie where like you almost feel like they approached it knowing the story and like knowing like the Lutzes and being like okay this is what they told us so we're gonna do this and we're gonna you know add some fictional elements but we have to balance it out and the biggest issue I have with this movie is the issue I have with any movie that is quote unquote based on a true story is like okay well if something crazy happened I would have read about it I would have mm-hmm. known this happened so it can't be that crazy. If they're trying to base it on a true story, they can only go so far. And that's what this movie does. It only goes so far because they can't cross that line. There's an imaginary line that, you know, audiences have to, like, not suspend disbelief. They have to go in with belief because they're expecting this to be true. So as a result, they can't go to certain places. And they get around it a little bit with the priest because disturbing shit happens with the priest. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool, but that's such a small part, and that's like 90 minutes in, and then you still have another half hour of this family dealing with shit that you don't care about. Yeah. I don't, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand how quickly it escalates. Okay, so fine, it escalated quickly. Yep. But then we, we pretty much established that, like like I said, they, they bust down into that room that's in the basement right. under the stairs, and then to me, okay, that's that's it, right? Like... Like, we're done. We're leaving. And it still goes. And it's so confusing to me why And there's, it's... like, yeah, she never has that... Because comp- they... It's like they kind of try to establish this relationship between Roland and Kidder. And, like, you believe them as a couple, kind of... You know, they're both good actors. Like, yeah. it's not their fault. No. But it's like there's there's nowhere for them to go. It's like they're in love and they're happy. And then he's crazy. And she's mm-hmm. just got to deal with that shit. But and it's never even like, oh, what's wrong? You know, I'm trying so hard. Like, it's like I never realize what you're what you're doing, where you're going. Yeah, it's like no. I I feel like in with burnt offerings, I understood everybody's reactions yeah. to everything all the time because mm-hmm. it was and, believable. Just not even like oh, because I know these characters, but because yeah, that's how human beings would act. But in this, I don't get that. I never get that feeling. I I'm always kind of like. Like her, her aunt is a pre, a, a, pre, a nun. A nun, yeah. Like, why don't you tell her that? Like, well, because you every got time a bad they try to make feeling. a phone call, the phone lines are dead. But they, then she saw her, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm feeling I'm sorry better." I couldn't come to your house. I like, forgot to tell you why, because it's fucking haunted. Like, and then the one, the the woman that channels the devil voice, like, 
like somebody should have been like, did you just channel a devil voice? Yeah. She'd be like, yeah, I did. You guys should leave. Dude, seriously, <laughs> did you hear that devil voice? That was a devil voice. And but, I actually like the devil voice. And I usually hate devil voices in movies. Mm-hmm. But it was like, because it wasn't the like deep, like fake voice. It was the actress doing the voice. And it mm-hmm. was scary. And there were scary moments. Like even the sc- for the most part, I liked the score to this movie. It was a lot of yeah. like children singing, which always freaks me the fuck out. And like, so there were elements that could have worked but like you said, there's so many like moments where you watch it. And I go back to Insidious, which is the movie that blatantly said, like, we're going to try to address all the things that you always think about a haunted house movie. They're going to move and they're going to hire a psychic and they're going to turn the lights on when they walk into a scary room. And it's like this movie is so the like example of the movie that like, oh, but it's so dark and oh, but the, it's windy and oh, but we're just going to stand here and be nervous and mm-hmm. it's like, but it's not scary. No. Yeah. I mean, I Roland's know. beard is pretty fabulous. And his perm. And holy fuck. Christian Bale. No, I don't see it. Seriously? In that, picture, in that picture you posted? Yes. The whole movie? No. No? No. Even in the picture you posted? Yes. Because even watching, I started watching one of the extras and I didn't get through it. But I started watching one of the extras where like they're interviewing him and I'm looking at him and I'm like, Holy fuck, in 20 years, Christian Bale is going to be James Brolin now. <laughs> no, seriously. He <laughs> looks worse face. Like that beard. I don't think so. In the picture you posted, yes. Which is him for most of the movies. He's looking no, but bearded. Yeah, no, his head's a different shape. Facebook friends and group members, take my side. Yeah, go take him. Go take him. When I post this episode, I, and I'm saying I in that picture, I <laughs> I see it in that picture. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a picture and be like, which one, Christian Bale or James Brolin with a beard? And we'll okay, but I think, I think people will be able to tell. I'm gonna get it right. I think that'll be, it's gonna be fifty fifty because who knows? They look the same. So that but I do think I do think people on the Facebook group should go and tell us if they were gonna do top 10 ghost movies or top 10 haunted house movies if this would be in it because i i can't I, imagine it would be but you would be surprised because yeah. if, if you google lists because i did do that yeah. like and even the lists on um on the sidebar in imdb like the best ghost movies i, I mean it's and it's weird like i don't know why this is so well known if it was part of it was like the true story aspect that was like maybe very new then and very public and it was a best selling <laughs> true crime fiction novel but it's so weird because i think of like i can rattle off like the innocence the haunting burnt offerings like i can rattle off better haunted house mm-hmm. movies with no problem and this to me like maybe it sets up a lot of the tropes but it it has like it's it's really ineffective and it's boring yeah it just keeps going and nothing and the finale and like they give you, you know, the, you know, as they give you title cards, it's like the last night. So you're like, oh shit, fuck's gonna happen tonight. Yep. I don't know. Nothing really happened. No, he carries around a dog and the dog looks the uncomfortable. Out. They're okay. Like, you know, things collapse. They're okay. We get like a title card being like, the Lutz has left the house. Yeah. Okay, so did anybody die <laughs> in this movie? Like, okay, the priest got fucked up, but, you know, well, can we yeah. watch that movie? Yeah, mm. and he steals a library book. <laughs> oh, and I didn't understand. Um, if, when she was looking um, at the, um, the old papers of the dude who originally did stuff, 
And everybody's like, he looks just like you. Why did he look just like him? I didn't understand. So now you're you're just trying to make me admit that the only reason I think Christian Bale looks like him is because of the beard. No, no, no. But like, is that like something that I'm missing? Like the the house is the picture he looked like him. But even in the bar, the guy was like. That's the thing. It's like, that is an interesting story. The, the idea that this, like, I think, like in, in Amityville 2, he's a teenager, but I think in real life, um, the kid was, like, 23. And basically, like, and people have not established why, because apparently he's still in, he's still alive, Ronald DeFeo, and he's still in prison. And it just constantly changes his story. So he said it was, he was possessed. He said, no, his mother did it. And he just killed the last two family members and so on. And, like, I mean, it, it's, you know, not a fascinating story, but... You know, the idea that this, you know, young adult, for whatever reason, killed his family, like, that's fucking disturbing. And that's, you know, really upsetting. And the movie has sprinkles of that, because you have the police officer who, like, the because the movie starts off really effectively, I think. It starts off with the night it happened. It's very mm-hmm. Halloween-esque, actually. It's like, you know, a cop is there, and he's like, no, can't believe what, ha- what time did this happen? You know, no- nobody's alive. Yeah. So you get this, like, killing moment at the beginning, but it's... The idea that, like, oh, and then there's ghost eyes haunting you is not nearly as disturbing as... As what actually happened. Yeah, and I mean, it could mm-hmm. be, because the idea, like... And there's, like, nightmares where Margot Kidder's, like, dreaming of well, like, Roland, like, axing the kids. And, like, did yeah, you, that's did you Did you notice what got thrown out pretty quick was the reoccurring 315? Because oh, when... Well, something really funny about that. The DVD uh-huh. I, I got from Netflix, and I put it in, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, there's a couple of scratches. I hope it's okay. And it was fine, and I'm watching it, and then I get to the 3.15. And the way the movie does it, it's like 3.14, and then it's one of those um, clocks where it's like the... the yeah, it turns yeah, over. Yeah. And it goes 3.15, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, still here. I'm like, shit. I'm like, something's going to happen. Because it's like 3.15 for a really long time, and I'm like tense at this point. I'm like, oh, fuck, what's going on? It's that moment in like any movie where they hold a shot, and you're just like waiting, and you're like, I'm going to stop looking, and then shit's going to happen. And like... Finally, I'm like, okay, it's been 3.15 for a really long time, and I look at my DVD, I'm like, oh, the DVD froze. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. It really was I thought you were going to tell me it froze to at 3.15. Like, this is the scariest moment of the movie, is when the DVD froze. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, because then you could, every night, be waiting for 3.15 to see yeah, what was like, going to happen and how it would escalate. Like, paranormal Activity actually does that really well. Mm. And I don't know what your opinion is on those films, but, like, I mean, I, I like the first, I like actually the first and third one. Um, but the first one does that, like, you know, they just give you the timestamp, and, like, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't know where to look, but I'm looking everywhere, and I know something's gonna happen. And it's, it gets effective, and in this movie, like, it could have been, and it was at first, but then it, it just did not know how to manage its time. Mm. It was like, okay, we've got a two-hour running leg, so, uh, let's, uh, have him go to a bar now, okay, uh, you know, let's, uh, bring the priest back. And it, it just doesn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's like a babysitter gets locked in the closet, which I liked. Yeah, I like that part. And that to me, I think of the Sixth Sense, which to me is the scariest one. Of the Sixth Sense is when mm-hmm. the kids locked in the closet, and like it's creepy, but it it doesn't go anywhere. Like that ends up being such a minute part of the film. Exactly. Just, like the film just didn't know what was the scary part of it, and I, I and I don't know how much of it was them deciding like we should be faithful to what the Lutz has said. So. uh... I don't know, and I don't know why I've decided that, like, the filmmakers are really Italian, but in mind. <laughs> but I guess but I, get, I know they were, like, it was a Long Island, well, though it wasn't filmed on Long Island, but it was like, uh, hey, okay, well, let's get the babysitter in here now. So what you're saying is, 
in your Italian accent is there's a possibility that they wanted to stay so close to what quote unquote actually happened mm -hmm. that there was no yeah. escalation because is, if they were yeah. trying to be and fake. honestly like whenever I see a quote unquote horror film based on true events I will often not like I'm not going to watch it like and I can't I'm trying to think of examples of movies like that I feel like there were a few the last couple years that happened and, like, not always. I mean, you could say The Hills Have Eyes is based on true events because it's based on, like, a 14th century Scottish family. Like, mm -hmm. but there have been, like, a few that are, like, thriller types. And I know, I'm like, oh, okay. So, in other words, you can't be that interesting because I would have read about it in the paper. Like, if you were that crazy, people would know about it. So, mm -hmm. you, you can't go that far. Otherwise, you wouldn't be bragging about being in true events. And that's, to me, exactly what this movie does. It, 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 it's not that it chickens out. It's that it never wants to cross a line. And that's, yeah. Um, and apparently, uh, my other, like, big note, because I, I wonder what the things you thought I would focus on were, other than Roland's beard. Um, well, I, I was going to say pigtails, which you oh, did. Oh, pigtails. Well, that was the first thing, was pigtails and beard. Those were Dude, there was something else, too, and I completely forgot. Was it the Corbell box that was always in view of the camera? No, but I noticed this that, too. It was brought to us by Corbell. By Corbell. All they, the only boxes they packed in were liquor boxes. And I, but that makes sense, because, like... Liquor boxes are super sturdy. And they're really easy to move with. Like, I remember, like, when I, when Brandon moved, like, he went to the liquor store and was like, hey, you know, can we take some boxes? They were like, yeah, sure. And so it makes sense that we'd move with them. But it's like scenes were framed in such a way that was like distracting where it's like, I kind of want to go drink some champagne mm -hmm. if you're me and easily influenced, as I've said before. What else? Do you have any other notes? Um, because there was, I have to remember what the other thing was. Well, I mean, like I said, imaginary friends can be done so well. And mm -hmm. it it could have been. And it was briefly because I'm like, ooh, this Jody sounds like a cunty little thing. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, Jody's like a cat or from Spencer's gift. Something, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the Catholic school girl thing. When Margot Kidder comes home, it's not that just like, earlier she had pigtails and then the next scene she comes home and she's wearing knee-high huh. socks and a plaid skirt yep. and a white like button-up shirt. What the fuck? Yep. What's going on there? Yep. The sex scene was hilarious because it's like the sort of like, you know, it's just them kissing but then it's like they keep changing the shot and fading in so it looks like they're like doing a lot of other stuff but you don't see anything so it's just mm -hmm. like they're really kissing they're kissing hard yet the flower in her hair never perfect looks, yeah perfect perfect Beautiful. well mm -hmm. he's very respectful of that well good i'm glad that's important in a relationship for a man to respect the way you do your hair yeah um yeah like i said like i mean there were kids and the kids were fine but i couldn't remember how many of them there were I don't know any of their... I think the one girl's name was Amy because they kept shouting it, but, like... Yeah, I don't I remember their names. Were they twins, maybe? They didn't look alike. No, I don't know. No. Amy, um, Greg, and Matt, maybe? Sure. There's also great. somebody named Jeff. <laughs> Who knows who that was? Like, oh, wait, was Jeff the... I don't know. Jeff might have been maybe? the friend. I don't know. You had, like, a 70s kick-ass wedding, but then you didn't see the kick-ass wedding. Yeah, I didn't understand any of that. So, basically, what you're saying to me is, in, in real-life events... also steals cash. The house... Steals money. Yes, yes. What is up with the ghost that steals the money, dude? If I were a ghost, I would totally steal money. I, I think that ghost thing. That might have been the other thing that I was thinking. Like, I wonder if Emma's gonna Isn't mention it, how. Like, so the dude's counting money because this is wedding, and he has to pay the caterer in cash. So he's counting money, and the camera's like very carefully like showing the money and the fireplace. So you're like, oh shit, some stuff's gonna get burned. And then like he's like, I can't find the money. The money is gone. Oh my god. So it's this whole thing, and they have to pay it with the check. 
But it's... And, like, in a way, it's like, okay, well, that establishes some continuity, because later on, it's like, and you're check-bound, so you're like, okay, so this, you know, this, this stuff's happening. But it's like, so the, the house stole the money? What's it doing mm-hmm. with it? I didn't understand that. And then that goes back to, if this is, you know, true events, then in this timeline, there was a going to be a wedding in the movie. But it doesn't, it doesn't add anything. There was a what? Because you got cut off there. Oh, there was a wedding, because there was a wedding that actually happened. Well, let's have a wedding in the movie. Yeah. And it's and just they, kind of like... Because they didn't okay. add anything. No. And it's like the kids... Because like, they leave halfway through. <laughs> and it's like, are the kids in school? Like, is it summertime? I think they're yeah. really sleeve, so it doesn't feel like summertime. No, I don't think but so. But the boys are of age to be in school. And like... And again, that's something that, like, you know, like, I was hard on Sinister because it had a lot of issues, but it did some of those things right, like, where, like, at least I knew, like, how old the kids were, and, like, the kid was moody because he was 12 and so on, whereas, like, this film, like, it felt like the kids were an afterthought, and it's kind of like, I should go back to Insidious on this, when I first saw Insidious, I was like, okay, so, you know, there were things that I liked about it, things I didn't like, okay, so did they, no, in the movie, the couple has, like, three kids and they have a baby, I think the only reason they had a baby was so that the movie could have one scene with a baby monitor in it that was creepy. Yeah, that's exactly. And like, literally, that's the only you're like, yeah, because then they get rid of the baby. Like, the baby goes to stay with grandma. And like, I think when I wrote my review of that, I even said that. Like, that really felt very blatant. So you're like, okay, you know, these things. Like, obviously, you're making a horror movie. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna manipulate as well you can. But like in this movie, it was like, but I don't care. Like, I cared about the dog, because the dog seemed friendly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I love Margot Kidder, and I thought James Brolin did the best he could. But, like, it, it really did feel like they had just had nothing. Like, they're good actors, and they're charismatic actors who can create, like, pe- believable people out of nothing. But it's like the movie gave them nothing. The movie gave them a haunted house, but not even, like, a cool haunted house. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I didn't know the geography of the house, which always no, no, no. Movie. I'm like, I know it was two floors. I know there's a window that kill tries to cut off fingers, and there's flies. But I and I know there's a basement. But like, I don't know what like, and because the movie like tries to occasionally be like, and this is the room where so and so died, but it doesn't go all the way with it. <sighs> it's frustrating. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's I guess. I don't, do you have any other notes? Um, angry violins, blessing a house. Have you ever blessed a house? No, and that was, I was like, what's going on? Then for a minute, I was like, is that priest just going, like, just showing up? Right. And then, then, then it's established that she, you know, requested it. Right, but it was like, he just came into the house and was like walking around. I got to bless a house once. Um, it was like, you know, like my uncle they, uh, was like, did like a, made like a hospice kind of thing and like they're Catholic so it's like yeah come in and like help bless it's really fun because they give you holy water and you just walk around squirting at places oh that's fun and my mom like squirted a toilet bowl and flushed it she's like well you never know um so it was actually kind of fun but in this case it wasn't because the got, dude got attacked by flies there were a lot yeah. of fly inserts too in this movie I <laughs> know those are my favorite but it like wasn't I don't know like did you see, did you, see you saw I know you did because I remember you really liked it the movie Grace no I hated Grace I thought you Grace. No, no Grace you, was I, a yeah, series of missed opportunities. I remember your review. You were like, I sh-, you're right, because you were like, I should love this woman. She's a vegetarian. Oh my, she was so badass. And then, yeah, no. and I, I agree. The movie, I think, like, 
that's a movie that had so many things going for it, but again, didn't quite know how to put them together in a way that made the movie compelling. Um, but the flies in that movie were really freaky to me. There's a lot of like fry, fly trauma. And as somebody who once had like a, a minor fly infestation in her bathroom in the Bronx and used to walk in, close the door with a fly swatter and not emerge until I killed 10 flies at a time <laughs> or send my cat in to do the same thing. Uh, I can appreciate fly trauma, but the flies in this, it was like flies, close up of flies, flies. Mm-hmm. I don't know, lame. Yeah. Totes, it totes lame. Totes lame. There have been like 10 of these movies, by the way. Did you know that? Amityville? Yeah, it's like Children of the Corn. Like, they just keep making them and nobody notices, so nobody gets angry about them. There was, like, four oh. of them that came out in the theaters. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think I did notice that because when I was searching to log it in, mm-hmm. like, there was an like enormous amount of Amities that came and, out. Well, there was, like, the remake, which I saw parts of, and I don't remember anything about. Um, there was apparently, like, an Asylum version of it, I think, and then there were, like, somehow, like, a bunch more. So, I like, I, hey, look, I understand. Haunted houses are awesome. It's creepy. They possess you. That's a great idea. Long Island, represent. Mm-hmm. But this movie just did not work for me. Mm. I, it didn't work for me either. And I just Googled my review of Insidious to see if I said that thing. And I said, the family's two other children exist for no real reason. Although no way. To have a creepy. No way. You need the baby so you can have creepy baby monitor <laughs> action. Seen. High five, girlfriend. I the same thing <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I know that I felt that way. Yeah. No. Yep. No. Well, I really didn't like Insidious. Everybody oh, go Google. I, I did. <laughs> Google my review for Insidious if you want to hear. I think I probably commented How much on I that. hate it. The one thing I'll say about Insidious too, I saw it in the theater on a Friday night, knowing nothing about it. And the thing that I love about it was like, went to the I will theater. certainly I say that to, seeing like, Insidious in a crowded Friday night movie theater was an absolute blast. You, <laughs> that's exactly what my review. Was we sit down and it was kind of a good like I smelled pot in the theater the whole time. Like it was kind of like a ghetto theater. And like everybody's kind of chattering and like slowly people got quiet. And at one point there was somebody like next to me eating nachos really loud. And like once like there was like a creepy scene, like you just heard like the nachos stop. Oh, and like that itself was kind of like I'm like I like I like going to like a horror movie where people are jumping. Like I rarely jump, but it's still kind of cool to be like to feel like as if it's working for others, and that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Sinister might have done that. Um, it didn't for me because I watched it at home and I was really tired. Um, but you know, Amityville, I would have a hard time believing, and maybe it would have done it then. But again, like to me, Burnt Offerings is so much more disturbing. And effective. Yeah, Amityville just feels like somebody is making a haunted house for people to pay five bucks to walk into and maybe get scared. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't really feel like it knows how to scare you. It just thinks it knows tricks. Yeah, or even that it's necessarily going out of its way to try to scare you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's not. But all right, so do you have any other uh, thoughts on it? Or should no. we rate it? <laughs> We can rate it. All right. Well, I rated the first one, so you rate this um, the first time. Quality of film. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, 5.75. I'm going to go straight down the middle and say five. Yeah. It's, it is as average a movie as you can get to me. It's, mm, it's I made better by its cast, but maybe. Yeah, that's, the, that's what pushes it over the yeah. five for me. I could see that. Yeah. Enjoy and, the film of life made by this film. Um, That's really tough because... 
I have to think this is very influential. And this, yeah, like how many films would I not have had if I didn't? Exactly. So, I mean, I want to say like five, but uh, I'll say five with the, you know, with the knowledge that this did influence a lot and this was a very important film. But um, it doesn't mean that this film that exists, I enjoyed very yeah. much. And I'll say 5.5, and the point five is for James Rowland's beard. Mm-hmm. All right, fair Go enough. Not for the pigtails, because the pigtails looked weird on a 37-year-old mother of, of nine, or however many kids she had in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's just my thoughts on it. I should have, you know, maybe 5.63. I'll go 5 and 5 eighths for the um, <laughs> scene, because oh, why not? Which is so weird. So weird. <laughs> oh, it was. Okay. All right, so that was, those were our thoughts on the Amityville Horror, the original. Yes. Um, so do you have a Netflix Instant Watch recommendation for our fine listeners out there? I do. Um, I just noticed that um, I think, I don't think I've said this yet. I hope I haven't or else I'm repeating myself. Safety Not Guaranteed is on Instant. You know, you you, know, you, you talked about that in one of your What You've Been Watching and, yeah, I, and then it now like, it's on came Instant. on my Instant queue, and I was like, ooh, yay, you, you said no. it, but I haven't watched it yet. Everybody needs to watch and, it. That's my and, recommend. And I feel like a lot more people are talking about it as, it as and saying, like, this is such a better movie than it seems like it should be. I love that movie. So, yeah, that's my re- – I didn't. I haven't watched it since it's been on Instant. I should rewatch it, but I think it's great, and everybody should watch it. So here's my other problem is um, I finally caved in and bought book five of Game of Thrones, A Dance of Dragons, in hardcover. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I've been reading it instead of watching movies on the subway. I'm sorry, people. I haven't been listening to podcasts or watching movies. I've just been reading. I know I'm lame. Um, and I still have like 600 pages left in it. So I haven't gotten to watch things as much. Uh, and also I am, you know, jogging. So, uh, Ooh, you know, good for you. Did, well, did I tell you I half marathon? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, it's, <laughs> and you can't watch things and run apparently. It's like if you're doing other machines, you can. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm trying to think. I've like never. Screen moves. It's very hard. You can't focus. I watch things with subtitles. It doesn't work out. It's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my instant watch recommend. Um, it's a movie I have. No, I haven't talked about here. I can't remember if you've seen it or not, but I just was going through um, what's on Instant Watch now because I've been really bad about this. And I'm like, oh, this movie is still on. It's been on Instant Watch since I think it came on Netflix and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. But just in case it goes somewhere. And what with um, if you're a thematic person coming Mm -hmm. to the big screen this week is what I think looks awful. Sam Raimi's Oz, The Great and Powerful, which looks terrible. Uh, See, I'll see that because of the cast. It's I don't care. A good cast. Like I don't know every- why it just looks like it. Well, because I am a huge Wizard of Oz fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, moment. I'm I am I'm a fair Wizard of it's Wizard second of Oz favorite fan of all time. Um, but I don't know why the preview just makes it look because it looks like it's like, hey, remember how Tim Burton made that Alice in Wonderland movie and everybody loved it and I hated <laughs> it. Like no, let's nobody that loved that Wizard of movie. Oz. Yeah, but everybody yes. paid to see it. That movie made like. I know it did. That's just Disney, and it was Burton, and it was. Yeah. I don't know. People still go to the movies to see Johnny Depp. I don't know who these people are. I don't get it. He does the same thing in every movie. He was supposed to be in this movie. They thought he was going to play the James Franco part. Um, But anyway, so I figured along those lines, uh, I would recommend a horror film that freaked me the fuck out, even though it's really flawed and has a shitty ass ending. Are you going to recommend Yellow Brick Road? I am going to recommend Yellow Brick Road. Don't watch Yellow Brick Road, everybody. Yellow Brick Road. It's like I am not going to pretend to know. This I is know another. What happens. No, this is another movie that does the 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 Roanoke 
um, Croatoan or whatever. I'm so fucking, stop it, stop it. Everyone just stop doing that. It's really creepy. It has these weird moments that are really unsettling. And then it's terrible. And it has a really good cat. Like, the actors are really good at it, I think. All right, everybody watch Yellow Brick Road and then tell Emily she's wrong. Yeah, okay, everybody watch Yellow Brick Road and, and, and tell us who's right. And if you tell me I'm right, well, then I will um, give you a cat. Okay, she has nothing to I offer you, people, you so don't, you don't lie. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I dug it and I, I rewatched it um, eventually and I felt the same way. I'm like, okay, it, you know, maybe I'm sure somebody could argue merits of the ending and I don't quite get them. I'm like, I can assign different meanings to it, but I really think they didn't quite know how to end it. But I'm like, for 99 minutes, this movie freaked me the fuck out. And I don't get freaked the fuck out easily. I'm trying to see if I wrote about it. I just, I just keep Googling. I if I did, because I know I recommend you did. so many people and some of them hate. I know I did. And it was on my best of list. And I know some people got so angry at it. And other people were like, no, I liked it. So I was like, yay, you're my friend. Yeah, I remember, I know that there was, like, division in the quote-unquote community, and so that's why we watched it, and, like, the whole time I just wanted to, like, punch somebody. Yeah. Hmm. But if you go to Emily's blog post about it, you get to see an adorable picture of her. Oh, the one with me and the munchkins! Yes, and she looks so cute! Go to my blog, or just, like, Google, like, Yellow Brick Road, Deadly Doll's House, and you get to see me when I was seven. I'm She's adorable. It's worth it just for that. Don't read the review. Just yeah. look at the picture. <laughs> People, I'm the same height I was then, by the way. I know oh. that I am taller than the Munchkins. You are. The first celebrities I ever met, they were Munchkins from the original Wizard of Oz, and I was taller than them. And I was the same height that I am now, by one and a half, because I was a tall kid who never grew past that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I was a pretty damn cute kid. I was really chubby, so I was really cute. Oh, but and I, you in this you bring up how Vanishing on Seventh Street also plays on that awful God. Roanoke thing. But Vanishing on Seventh Street sucked. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, and that that was funny because I remember um, I was listening to the last episode. We were talking about Brad Anderson films, and I'm like, yeah, I'm hit on this on him, and I totally forgot how much I fucking hated Vanishing on Seventh Street. Yeah, me too. I'm not a, not a fan of that. But anyway, yeah. So what are we doing next week? I mean, well, you uh, picked a movie, and I, I matched it with something. So why don't what, you tell the what movie did I pick though? Well, tell me on the Facebook group. I can't remember. Oh my who god! It was, but somebody proposed we do a film by the French dude. Is he French? I, yeah, I believe he's French. Say his name because I can't. I don't know, it was like Orson, but I'm just saying. The dude, that's the, like the name of a. They did the, the swimming pool. They did swimming um, pool and the other swimming film set in a swimming pool. Pool is probably the most, for me at least, that was the most well known one. See, see the sea. Did he do that one? Um, it, yeah, I don't. I can't say his name, guys. I'm not even gonna try. So sorry. But we'll, um, we'll figure it out by the time we do the next episode. Don't but, you worry. But before I saw the swimming pool. No, actually, it was after, but I just didn't realize it was the same person. Um, Swimming Pool's a good movie, but I, in my quest to see every Michael Fassbender movie, which I have done, so, <laughs> in your face, guys, um, I saw a movie called Angel that um, he is in, that is directed by this guy whose name I'm not going to even try to say, and I have been wanting to talk about this fucking movie yeah, for, like... you've mentioned it forever, I can't it's shut been up about an instant watch forever, so it's easily accessible, folks. And it's so. Uh, and do you know who's so, in um, it? Are you going to be okay with face? this? What's her face? Wait, wait. What do you mean? Am I going to be okay with that? The girl who played Middle Briny in Atonement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I did know. Briny or something. Or but something, she's so, she's so she's good. She's okay. good. I mean, she was great in Atonement. She just yeah. probably made it. No, I think I'll be okay. I think I'll make it through. Sure, I worry about you. Um. Thank you. No. Yeah. Um. 
this is a movie that I guess I already just gave it away. I have very strong feelings about, and I think <laughs> I think they're pretty positive. But the first time I saw it, I was like, I need to fucking talk about this movie. And I think one I knew one other person that had seen it, mm-hmm. and still no one seems to be watching this movie for some reason. So that's it. All right, I need we'll to say it. It's on Insta Watch, so all you folks okay. can watch it at home. Um, so I picked a movie because I I didn't know what to pick to match it, and I. I don't remember how I started Googling around and somehow I came up on this movie because I'm like, okay, well, A, I'm like, okay, what's a good movie, like, or what's a movie about, like, because based on what I, like, learned about the synopsis on Netflix, I'm like, okay, it's a movie about, like, a female writer or something. I don't quite know how I came up on this movie, but it seemed to fit and even the title fits. And then, because also as I was watching the Oscars, I'm like, I miss good actress Helena Bottom Carter. (gasps) What did you pick? I've never seen it, but it's on Instant Watch, and she was nominated for an Oscar for it, Wings of a Dove. I have not seen it either. I am I very you excited. Seen it. And I mean, it's a Hen- based on a Henry James novel. I, I don't remember when it came up, but I remember she was nominated for an Oscar for it, and it was back when, like, she wasn't crazy Helena Bonham Carter. I know almost nothing about it, except it was well-received in its day, and I think <laughs> it's set around the same time period. It's, like, early 20th century, and it just seemed like, all right, we'll just pair it with this, and it's on Instant Watch, so I was like, well... Helena Bottom Carter, a film I've never seen. Why not? Oh, super stuff. Exciting. Very so exciting. That's my pick. So both are on Instant Watch, so everybody can play along at home. They are. And they both involve like things with wings, right? Doves have wings and they and eight, stuff. Oh, I hope I wonder how the, this will play out. I wonder oh. if they'll be very complimentary. Well, right now, I have no idea anything about this movie. I just know it's been one of those movies that I've always been intrigued by. So. Ooh, neat. I'm excited. And this will be our second Fast Bender movie. Sorry. That's right. But I'm not sorry. Romalda, whatever her name is, movie. Yeah. Not sorry about this. And also, I lied to you all. I have not seen Jonah Hex. And that is the only major motion picture that I have not seen that he's you been in. disgust me. Have you seen Jonah Hex? No, I have not. But no. it's Fastbender, so why haven't you seen it? Because it, I've heard it's really bad. By the way, do you want to hear something crazy? Please. I posted something about this one year ago. The 7-Eleven I work near in Hunts Point, Bronx. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a... Let's just say, like, they had Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull candy-themed M&Ms, like, two years after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And last year, I went there around Memorial Day. It was, like, something where, like, I want I was going to get somebody a Slurpee, and I was going to get them the big one. So I'm like, oh, I'll get them, like, the fun cup. And they had cups out there, and they were Cowboys and Aliens-themed. I'm like, this movie came out last year. That means these cups are one year old. And they were gross. They were, like, stuck together. And I asked the guy at the store, I'm like... Because he's like, do you need help? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, these are really old. Do you have new cups? And he's like, yeah, I'll go in the back. And he comes back with more Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't get it, do it, you. And he's like, and I was like, I'm like, and they're dirty. He's like, I'll clean it for you. I'm like, That's no, no. It works. It's not the problem here. So recently I was at the 7-Eleven and they still have Cowboys and Aliens cups. We're going on two years. <sighs> two years. That's so illegal. Um, but it's kind of adorable in its own way. You should get one. I, I mean, because one day like they, they might not toys, sort of thing. <laughs> one day they <laughs> might be gone, and you'll be missing it. Aliens cups. Uh, yeah, but uh, they're not Jonah Hex. But it was, I think it was the same summer. I think it was too. Yeah, two years ago. Ugh. All right. Well, I'll try to see Jonah Hex before the next show. Yeah, we don't know when we're coming at you with that uh, review, but we'll come at you with your review yeah. eventually. I make no, um, I, I make no promises because South by Southwest is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. But I might have interesting movies to talk to you guys about. Oh, that so. would be exciting. 
That's a thing. I have, um, I will hopefully, well, there's a whole complicated thing is, you know, Game of Thrones comes back soon. <laughs> I just got my season. <laughs> Emily's season. life is so hard. It's, well, oh God, you only wanted the half of it. Because, like, I'm all excited to watch season two. Now, mm-hmm. I've, re- I read, I've read all the books. And thing is, um, my significant other has not watched any of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, do you want to watch them? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. I'm like, well, you have to decide because I'm going to start watching season two and you're going to hear spoilers. And if you want to watch it, we have to start from the beginning and we have to watch it through and then you'll watch season two. But you're not going to get, like, you can't know who dies because it's surprising. And so it's kind of, it's complicated. It's, it, is, it is hard being me sometimes. I don't, it really I don't is. I don't know how complicated I, it is. Geez, just thinking about it is making me real anxious. Blu-ray set, and it's like, the season one is in silver, and season two is in gold, and it's so pretty, it's on my shelf, and I just want to watch it, but, you know, I want to watch it when it's the right time. TikTok, and it's been in my house for like four days, and I haven't gotten to watch it yet, so. Alright, it's okay. I'm just gonna breathe. I'm just gonna let out. I'm okay. It's gonna be okay. This is, what, this is what happens. Do you know it's very late for Emily right now? Oh my god. It's almost, fuck, it's almost 1 a.m. Yeah, Emily needs to go to bed. like five hours. Mm-hmm. See, and the, when you're crazy, I've been waking up at like 5.35 this week to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. How she needs to go to bed, guys. And I need to continue looking at pictures of Michael Fassbender on the red carpet. I'm gonna drink water so I don't wake up hungover. You need to go to bed. I'm gonna do that. Okay. And thanks for thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Remember to go to our Facebook page, join us, yeah. join the group, talk, chat, look at pictures of Michael Fassbender and Hugh Jackman and beards. And yeah. agree with me about how James Roland looks exactly like Christian Bale. <laughs> and how Olympic Road is great. Oh, don't agree with her. Um, have a good night, everyone, <laughs> including Emily. Okay, my cats are looking at me and they're really tired. So they want to go to bed too. Okay. <laughs> Oh God, this is really derailed at the end. Um, Do you want to hear something really sad? Because I, I feel like the people will appreciate this. Um, so this weekend, as I said, I was visiting my family in Long Island, and Brandon was here with the cats. And he said, he's like, don't you can't ever leave again. Mookie woke him up like four times last night, meowing angrily because I wasn't here. Aww. I know, it's really sweet, but kind of I sad. I missed you. I know, I need to have a talk with my child or cat. Yeah, Okay, folks, join our Facebook group. Um, tweet us. Search, yeah, tweet us. Uh, feminine podcast, the feminine critique at yahoo.com. Um, although I have not checked the email, so it's I don't. All, know. I think it's all Twitter messages. So I think we're okay. Awesome. Yeah. So tweet at us and mm-hmm. go on the Facebook because five really, cinema. Yeah, please do that. magazines. They're awesome. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, be nice to cats and dogs. And if your house is haunted, then don't stay there. Yeah, just please leave. Just leave. Just get out. Seriously. Just go. Okay. All right. On that note. Yes. Goodbye. Good night.